Untitled MMA Podcast, January 28th, 2020, almost said 2019, stopped myself, saved it, saved the podcast, saved the show. I did it. I'm, I don't I don't want to be named a hero, but hey, I'll accept the accolades if somebody puts it on me. Let's get January over with. January is canceled, sis. 2020 is like the worst. I know bad things happened already in January 2020, but those tweets annoy me so much. It's like, can this year be over already? <laughs> like, bad things aren't going to happen in 2021 as well. Yeah, bad things just happen in general. Oh, it happened again. Hold on. Brendan's going to have to plug the thing back in. We're pausing. Maybe we're pausing. I don't remember how to do it. Oh, no, we're back. Now I don't have to pause. That's a problem. Someone's going to have to do something <laughs> about that. You're going to have to tape it in there without me using my yeah. foot to unplug it. Oh, is that what? Here, let's pull this out a little bit. Maybe that'll fix the problem. <laughs> how's this, How's this, folks? We're adjusting on the fly as good we're radio? recording this. All right, I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. Uh, so the fights this last weekend: Curtis Blades versus Junior Dos Santos, headlined UFC Raleigh. Um, we all expected Curtis Blades to win. We all picked Curtis Blades to win. If you asked me five ways in which Curtis Blades would have won that fight, I don't know if that would have been in the top five—a second round KO. Yeah, not like a actual knockout because I. I didn't watch the fight. I was reading things about it like I do if I don't watch it. It sounds like like he didn't really try to wrestle him. Oh, much, he did. did he? he was like 0 for 8 he on did. takedown attempts. Oh, my God. Junior had that shit game plan, baby. Uh, yeah, and Ju- I will say if Junior Dos Santos can game plan Curtis Blades takedowns, anyone in the top three can. Granis, oh, Granis. Granted, Junior Dos Santos is a veteran of the game, and he did a great job stay- stopping the takedowns. I don't know why I can't speak. But he also did nothing else. Like, he was not throwing very much at all. That That is tough. That is tough. Um, yeah, rest in peace, JDS, though. Yeah. JDS is no longer a thing. Retire, bitch? He probably should retire. He won't. Soon. Obviously, but, yeah. Um, and Curtis Blades, credit to him, looked good on his feet. Like, he finished a former champion who's known for his striking standing up. So, very impressive on Curtis Blades' behalf. But... It's how legit is that win in 2020 against Junior Dos Santos is the question. I mean, like you always say, you can only beat the guys that they put in front of you. And he's a high-ranked guy. It doesn't matter what his skill set is in 2020. All that matters is that he beat Junior Dos Santos and he can keep on moving. He's still uh, in my – go ahead. Sorry. And this this type of win is definitely more credible in the heavyweight division compared to the lightweight division because heavyweight division's a yeah. lot less deep. If so this that's is a much better impressive win, where it, as it would be in a different division. If this is lightweight, that was a win over Anthony Pettis, basically. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's not a terrible take. But I mean, Curtis Blades was also a top ranked guy. It's not like Diego Fajeda being yeah. Anthony Pettis. But that's what I'm saying is. If this is the lightweight division, this is the equivalent of, say, Dustin Poirier beating Anthony Pettis. Yeah, something like that. Curtis Blades is the number two contender at heavyweight in my mind. Daniel Cormier, we don't know what's going on with him. Francis Ngannou is the true number one contender. Whether or not he deserves the next title fight, will get the next title fight, that's a different question. But Curtis Blades is the number two contender at heavyweight in my mind. And I don't know. And even I think that was the case before this win. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that this really hurt him, but I it, I don't think it really helped him that much either. He's I, calling for a title fight, but I don't think he deserves so it. So you think DC is the number three contender? I'm just saying... I don't think he included him because yeah. he's halfway retired. 
if DC gets a, a title, title fight before the summer. If DC gets a title fight, it's because he's the former champion and it's his last fight. He's not getting a fight on merit. You know what I'm saying? But I would put him ahead of Francis Nagano and I Curtis mean, Blades. Francis is ranked number one, though. He's ranked ahead of DC. That and I so feel DC like the, is those ranked are three. DC's ranked two, well. Francis Nagano is number one. DC's number two. Curtis Blades is number three, and then obviously the champion Stipe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like those are almost interchangeable. Like you, I can understand the argument from both cases, but there's no way that Curtis should be ahead of DC if that's what you were saying, which it wasn't. No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I get that, no, but I'm just saying. Curtis Blades, definitely not over DC, but I can see Francis over DC. If you're talking deserving, I'm saying, and getting there, getting there, getting themselves to the top of the rankings and getting a shot based on merit, I would put Curtis Blades ahead of DC right now. But if DC gets the next title fight, I have zero argument. Like I'm 100% fine with that. Yeah, and DC is the number one contender on UFC.com. And I guess before we move on to the next fight on this card... It seems like I thought Stepe versus DC was for sure the next fight. Like that was already settled. Apparently not. Like that's news to me. It is news to me as well. Yeah, to both of them. As right before we started recording this, so I mean, essentially, Stepe has some sort of injuries that yeah. he's trying to recover With from. His that's taking longer than anticipated. And DC said today, if he doesn't fight. Stipe by the summer, and that's the only fight he's coming back for. He might just retire altogether. But even Stipe's talking about like he said he wants to fight somebody that he hasn't already beaten next. But then he said he'd be willing to fight Francis again. So it seems like Stipe's already moved on from DC. That's how I found out. I mean, if he wants to, I guess that's on that's his prerogative. But it's not right because DC. Or Stipe didn't have to fight anyone else before he fought Facts. DC again. Facts. Who should Stipe fight next? Honestly, DC. Finish that trilogy. I agree. Because yeah, Francis already has a fight scheduled. I don't think that's a question. I agree. Or should be question. And then the only other guy he should fight is Francis. That's it. I, we're all assuming Francis gets through fucking Jarzino Rosenstrike, right? I am, yeah. He should. So I'm freaking hammer... Uh, thing into a rock. I'm ready to go to war for that, man. That thing is called a hammer. A sledgehammer, to be more specific. No, but he hammered something into it. Oh, I wasn't paying that close. Like a stake. Hell yeah. That doesn't seem possible. (laughs) It's Francis Ngannou. What do you mean? Everything's possible. Um, But yeah, I'm fine with either the Francis or DC fight, but if this is DC's last fight and he's ready to go, I think it should be DC. 100%. But, um, I mean, it just, I also would rather have Stipe fight at his best if possible. Nah, eh, fuck him. I want DC to win, <laughs> so fuck him. Yeah. I'd, they obviously both have to be at 100%, but at the same time, the more they prolong the fight, the worse the situation gets. Is anybody ever really at 100%? No, I mean, DC also said today that uh, he, if it wasn't him trying like uh fighting Stipe again he probably would have pulled out of that fight because of some sort of issues he was having yeah and DC's fucking 107 years old so yeah i don't know i i hope that that fight happens and then that lines up for what we'll talk about later i'm curious to see everyone cuz in this episode we're going to cover who we think is going to be champion by the end of 2020 when right you, when you said Stipe or not Stipe DC had no uh, or is old first thing that came to my mind is he has no calcium 
Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom always tells me, like, I'm the reason her teeth are fucked up. Yeah. Because I took her, I took her calcium. <laughs> so this is what came to my mind. DC has no calcium. He needs to drink is more that milk. an episode title? You tell me. <laughs> that might be an episode title, friend. DC needs to keep on, keep on his fucking milk game. Yeah, I don't drink milk, though, well. so... I used yeah. to be the biggest biggest milk guy. Probably drink two, three cups a day. I probably drink two, three cups a day is absurd. What did you say about it? what was the thing? DC something calcium. DC <laughs> lacks calcium. I don't know. Okay, DC has no calcium. Has no calcium. But and what I was saying now, I drink maybe I would say at most two glasses a month. You should get your milk game up, man. You need them strong bones. It just doesn't taste as good as it used to, and it's but you know, like eating just eating drinking a glass of milk is just like. Disgusting. Chocolate milk, though? Like, fucking That's, mask that shit. Hell yeah, I could. Yeah, chug a fucking glass of chocolate milk every day. Keep them bones that strong. To, that used to be a thing for Brendan before podcast. He would stop upstairs we, at the... Does she have chocolate milk in, in the kitchen and milk. grab a glass <laughs> I'll of be right back. Brendan's gonna go... Give me a glass of chocolate milk, too. We're gonna... <laughs> all live on the show, Brendan's gonna go get I, each of us a cup of milk. I don't. I almost said each of us. Why would I say that, Bryce? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, if you had to put a uh, return date on hmm, Curtis Blades. What is what is next for him? That's a legitimate question. No earlier than April, but any time mm-hmm. after that I could it's possible. I don't I feel like I don't think fight like May or June. I don't see any scenario where Curtis Blades is next for the title though. I could. But that would be there would be some things that have to happen cuz I like Jarzino Rosenstrike. Like I'm, I was early on the Jarzino Rosenstrike train. Uh huh. But I don't think Francis Ngannou is going to require a long layoff after he fights Rosenstrike. Uh huh. So I my do you want me to give you my I don't think scenario Stipe, where it's possible where Curtis Blades fights for the title next. And I don't think Stipe is going to fight before June. I wanted to put put that in there too. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think if DC beats Stipe. And then retires and vacates the belt, Francis and Curtis Blades for the undisputed belt. I could see that. That doesn't. Yeah, that's not crazy to me. Brennan's back. He's got two cups of Dean's chocolate milk. All right. That's that name brand. Good, good. Here we go. I'm going to take a sip. You are now calcium rich. One sip. Everybody knows the rules. I'm going to give that 8.7. That's awfully high for chocolate milk. Chocolate milk is so good, dude. Chocolate milk might be my favorite beverage. Oh, 8.69. <laughs> <What a take. laughs> Low ball me there. Um, what were we talking about? Heavyweight. Uh, fuck, I had a point. Oh, something that throws a monkey wrench in this whole shebang is Rumble Johnson randomly tweeted a link to the UFC 248 event page which right now is to be announced versus to be determined. That's So could we get Rumble Johnson versus Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight championship of the world? Let's get real crazy in 2020. Let's pump, let's pump those numbers up. Let's do Rumble versus fucking Stipe for the belt, for the gold. And then Stipe knocks him out in two minutes. Yeah, because yeah. Rumble Anthony gasses Johnson in 67 yeah. seconds. It's the beheading of Rumble Johnson. But hey, yeah, I watched I'm the fuck out of that. I'm not excited about a legitimate threat of Rumble Johnson because I don't think that that's a thing. But Stipe can get knocked out, and who throws yeah, harder than Rumble true. Johnson? I'm 
I just don't think oh, that wait. it will happen. Rumble Johnson has a chance. I don't know why I said the beheading. When we were talking about Rumble Johnson, some reason I was thinking of Rampage. Rumble Johnson has a fair shot. I don't think he does in 2020. I finished that chocolate milk already. I mean, the odds would definitely should be like two, negative 270 or minus 275 for. It should be like minus 500. I disagree. You're probably more accurate. Would you put but... odds at a Stipe Rumble fight if it happens at 248? Stipe at. Oh, at 240. I thought you were talking about weight. That threw me off. <laughs> That's specific. <laughs> uh, Stipe minus 450. Yes, I said like 500, so that was me just throwing out a number, and I think that that's very fair. He hasn't fought for years. Now he has a big old balloon head, and he's also a lot bigger than he was before. I'm not worried about fucking ring rust for Rumble Johnson. I'm worried about fucking salami weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then also entering USADA. I don't know if that's a thing that he can do right now. But yeah, that's something he, he randomly tweeted the event page for UFC 248, which does not have a main event. So it was just a little when bit of When is that mark. one? Uh, that would be March. March? Or maybe. Yeah, it's got to be March. Rumble should have never retired because he should have fought a heavyweight. And he also he should have fought, fought John, John Jones. Jones. Yeah. He just has no like drive. He's lazy. He is. I mean,. He should have been a light heavyweight champion. He does not have the mentality of a high-level fighter. He should have beat DC. He should have. Twice. I mean, he gave up in the second one. He knocked him down in the first one and ended up gassing. He gave up in the second fight. As soon as he was in any sort of trouble at all, he's like, well, I guess this is over. 100%. And, I mean, even in the first one, he should have finished it. I don't understand sometimes what goes through fighters' heads when someone's clearly hurt. He doesn't have the but fucking mentality, don't. bro. He doesn't have the fucking drive. He ain't got the heart. He can't do it. He doesn't have it in him. He ain't got the fucking mentality, bro. Not like me. I could do that. I could go in there and I could beat Daniel Cormier. Just uh, <laughs> I don't know what that accent turned into. It changed throughout the entire monologue there, friend. Almost as a foreshadow, but he should have had the Mamba mentality. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. What, what's All right, bad friend. about that? It's not bad. It's just that was corny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, moving on to the co-main event of UFC Raleigh. That's where that's where we started. Uh, Michael fucking Chiesa gets a win over Rafael fucking Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos, retire, bitch. He's lost to literally any decent opposition he's had, except Anthony Pettis. <laughs> <laughs> At one seventy, he's. He just can't handle with with grapplers that division. Outclassed by Michael fucking Chiesa. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind about this is imagine what happened, what would have happened if Connor faced him. Con- it would have been like oh. Alvarez 2.0. Dude, Connor would have whooped RDA's ass. Yeah, because I don't think, like, ever since I think he won that 155 belt, mm-hmm. I don't think he was the same fighter. Something who is changed. He, who has he beaten since then? He lost oh. to Colby, lost to Kiesa just now. He beat Cowboy. Lost to Usman. No, that was before. Oh, I mean that that was before he lost to Alvarez that he beat Cowboy because Alvarez. Won oh, the I thought I didn't know you, I thought you were talking about Pettis, not Alvarez. Oh no no no, Alvarez. I I mean Nate? I don't know beyond that. Was Nate after that? No, that Nate was on the way to the belt, wasn't it? I feel like. Who the fuck is he beating? Oh, let's find out. Oh, I thought you were looking it up already. I was killing time. <sighs> you yeah. know. Either way, RDA... trying to actually think. 
RDA is another champion that's come and gone. Like, wasn't a, even a good champion. Yeah. I guess you can almost say the same about Pettis, but Pettis also has much more defenses. I don't know how much UFC no, defense he has. Pettis, did, Pettis only had one successful defense, right? Melendez. I believe so. Oh, after Mel- uh, Gilbert was, or not, who's the other guy? He beat Benson. He and beat then, Benson to win the belt and then defended against Gilbert and then lost it to RDA. Oh, I thought he was there longer. But RDA. Didn't have any any successful defenses, right? He lost it in the first defense to Alvarez. I thought he, he beat, beat Cerrone. Oh, he beat Cerrone. So yeah. they both had one defense. So, I mean, you could. I guess you could say. Let's see. Let the me division just that. kept getting better and better, and it just surpassed them. Yeah, the game passed both of those guys by real quick. Mm-hmm. So, um, since losing the belt, he lost to Fer- Tony Ferguson. Then he beat Tark Safadine, Neil Magny, and Robbie Lawler. Okay. The he also beat Kevin Lee at 170 last May. Okay. That's not as bad as I thought it was. Who's he lost to, though? Uh, Colby Covington, Kimmer Usman, Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa. All right. That's not as bad as I thought. He's also lost four of his last five. But so. my, losing to Michael Chiesa is very in, un, inexcusable for Rafael Dos Santos, in my opinion. And I agree. Credit to Michael Chiesa. He looked great. But and RDA is a guy. called out uh, Colby. Colby Covington. That's... That's I think not gonna happen. Yeah, he's reaching a little high on that one. I think. I Grant, think so too. RDA's but number then five. Again, yeah, and uh, Colby Covington has been MIA for like a month. Can Colby stop Michael Chiesa's spider monkey ass? I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, that's what he did to fucking RDA. Was just grabbed onto him and kept fucking like spinning around him like a goddamn spider monkey. Colby. I I would imagine he can because. I just think that he's a better wrestler than RDA is, especially for MMA. It's just wrestling versus grappling, and if Kiesa can get a hold of you first or can sprawl on your takedown, it becomes a different thing. It depends who you are, though, because Pettis defended it well. And but Pettis is a good grappler, is what I'm saying. Like grapple and RDA. But even then, if he's fight, fading, fight, facing a fighter that is relatively the same size, he was much larger than Pettis, so that has to be a factor as well. Kiesa's fucking huge, dude. He was a lot bigger than RDA, too. He's going to mm-hmm. be bigger than Colby, also. Yeah, which is crazy that he fought at 55 for so long. Yeah. It's wild It's wild to think about when you see how fucking big he is at 170. It's a mm-hmm. big guy. Big isn't tall and lengthy more than yeah. muscle mass. actually big. But when, when you're talking about... But he's not big compared to Kamara when it comes to muscle or anything like that. No. No, he's also six foot one. But when you're talking about grappling, being lengthy and fucking awkward is very much in his advantage. He's got long limbs. And if you can stop a takedown... Even if Colby Covington or Cameron Usman were both very good wrestlers, if those two shoot in for a takedown and you sprawl, you're in a very advantageous position all, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You saying that just made me interested in Maya Kiesa. Ooh. I don't hate that. A backpack I mean, match. It's not, it, I think that Michael Chiesa is a smart enough fighter to where he won't let that happen because I don't think he wants to mess with his jiu-jitsu and his stand-up is much, much, much better than Damian Maia's. Well, he's not getting Colby Covington, so it's going to be somebody else. Damian Maia is not a bad proposition, I don't think. Unless Colby Covington says, hey, let's do this thing. Colby Covington has to come out of hibernation, so... That's a, like, as good as Michael Chiesa looked, that's a long dip down for Colby Covington to go from a title fight with Usman down to Michael Chiesa. 100%. But Especially saying, when he was arguably, 
a few minutes away from winning the belt from Cameron Usman. He just looked very good. Who, Kiesa? Yeah. Plus, I mean, no one else has called out Colby Covington. And I'll he beat the him. number five guy in the world. I'll fight him. You're going to get down to 170, friend? Easily. Easily. Three That's... weeks. Give me three weeks. <laughs> All right. We don't need Kiesa to bring Colby out of absence. What if Colby's just gone? <laughs> I, we just never hear from him again. I'd be very interested. I'm curious why he has gone such MIA. I understand that like he got beat bad, but it, fuck him. Just I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, I don't hate it, but it's just weird. Last week we discussed at length the return of Conor McGregor, and we argued a little bit about the return of Conor McGregor. I would like to clarify some things when it comes to Conor McGregor. I hope he's back. I want him to be good again. I hope he's fucking fixed his dumb life. I hope he makes better fucking decisions. That being said, I just don't believe that we're at that point yet. Like, I am root- very much rooting for Conor McGregor. I want to like Conor McGregor again. But it feels like the fucking PR machine that's saying Conor is- has fixed his shit. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. He does seem to be acting a little differently. But is that because of the trouble he's got himself in? Or has he actually fixed himself? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I understand. And I mean, I texted you after like a day or two after the podcast to clarify your thoughts on this because I was not super sure the way that because we once we get in a heated discussion, it's hard to actually simmer down and lay out where (laughs) we actually stand on some things. That was like I think that was the biggest argument we've ever had on the show. Usually the three of us kind of agree to an extent on everything. We've had some arguments on our times. That felt like the most back and forth one we've had. I don't know. We had some serious ones. Three way. So I don't know. Usually I think I feel like it's John Jones <laughs> when we argue. <laughs> it's John Jones related. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know a random thing that I've noticed here? Sure. Uh, looking at the UFC rankings website. Um Cameron Usman's traps look fantastic compared to every other champion. Great traps on that guy. Yes, sir. Traps are fantastic. Fucking these ones, right? They go from yeah, the neck to your fucking yeah. shoulder there. Mm-hmm. What is, oh. Get that upper sh- upper shoulder muscle. Huh? Oh, I get it now. What's a delt? <laughs> what are your delts? <laughs> it's like a shoulder muscle in your upper back. Hell yeah. Do you also, see- your like the big muscles here. Hell yeah. Do you see they're separating the men's and women's pound-for-pound pound rankings? Are they? Yeah. Why? Yeah, they're pound-for-pound. Pound. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter if you're male or female. Equal rights, baby. This is 2020. Yeah, and Amanda Nunes is fifth. Yeah, she probably should be higher than that. Yeah, I agree. I think that... Is this a ploy so... to get Conor higher in the pound-for-pound pound rankings? <laughs> He's 11th right now. So what, move him up to ninth, probably? If Shevchenko oh, and Nunes go to their no, own No, Shevchenko is now 12th. Shevchenko's below Conor McGregor? After the performance, yeah. I'm not arguing about pound for pound. That's a fucking trap. But I think pound for pound is so stupid. <laughs> I think it is, too. But, yeah. Um, that's just a weird move to me. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. It's pound for pound. It, like, it is. I don't know. Um, Stephen A. Smith versus Joe Rogan. So, I did not think that the... After the Conor McGregor talk calmed down, 
that the biggest discussion in the UFC right now would be Stephen A. Smith versus Joe Rogan. But here we are. Um, what's What was the extent of what Stephen A. said? It was that Cowboy quit in the octagon, correct? And, and he also said, like, we didn't learn too much about Connor. That part I agree with. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. But And that's what he made his... Uh, rebuttal to what Joe Rogan said about right, but that's not what Joe's original complaint was. Exactly. So Stephen A. Smith comes from the more general sports world, where he's talking about the NBA and the NFL and MLB and everything else. That's his job as the sports broadcaster that he is. Right. He has to cover everything. But when you come over to the UFC, that's just something that we don't. It's not a MMA is less hot takey and fucking. Like, this guy quit, or the, this team doesn't... Like, those discussions don't really happen in MMA. Maybe it's because it's such a niche sport, so all the big fans of the sport are such big fans. We know it's ridiculous that a guy doesn't just go in there and quit in the biggest fight of his life. Mm-hmm. And that Stephen A. Smith comes from a world where you definitely have those discussions. Like, Stephen A. Smith has a fucking three-hour radio show every day. He has first take every morning. Stephen A.'s got to bring takes. And that's something you don't necessarily do as much in MMA as you do in general sports coverage. Mm-hmm. And along with that, he's not a combat sports guy. And that's, he doesn't yeah, he's know that to, much about MMA. He's trying to pretend like he is. Stephen A. Smith is great at what he does. Whether you like it or not, whether you like Stephen A. or not, the part of the sports world that he comes from, he's the king of it right now. Without a doubt. It goes both ways, though. Because... There's some. I, there's obviously some people that's like, delegitimize delegitimizing his whole argument because he doesn't watch MMA. That's completely false. He's at the yeah. top of the game of broadcasting. He can have an he opinion. Definitely, he can have an opinion on MMA even if he isn't the biggest that's not MMA what I'm guy. Saying he has, I'm sure he has a fair share of knowledge on MMA more so than people are giving him his reputation for. He's not going to be at the top of the game. No, all three of us know a lot, a lot more than he does. And I would say, like, especially coming from you, Brendan, being the most casual fan, he probably doesn't know much. He probably that's all I'm gonna leave it at. I but I've been watching this for Stephen A. But I've been watching this for about six years now, where he's more getting introduced into it. But if you don't think an ESPN reporter that's being with Joe Rogan and everything doesn't have his fair share of knowledge, which not everybody, I don't know how to say it, but he can he knows, get notes prepared for him. That doesn't mean he knows about the sport. To the extent of Joe Rogan, no, but he he has no. his fair share of knowledge. But I don't even think the opinion that he gave, I don't think his knowledge of the sport matters when it comes to that. Like, you know what I mean? His opinion was that we didn't see much from Conor McGregor, which I agree with and I think is true, and that he said he feels like Cowboy quit in there, which is just a matter of opinion, whether you know the ins and outs of the sport or not. I just feel like, like I don't know. I think that's a, just a crazy opinion no matter who it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, I think the opinion is 100% wrong, but I'm just saying it goes both ways in which he definitely knows what more than what people are giving him reputation for, but at the same time, he doesn't know shit compared to big but, MMA fans. But I think the point is he's trying to sell himself like he knows more than he knows. He's making probably. it seem, like he's, he's making it seem like he's been around since the beginning or something. Probably. And but, Stephen A. Smith probably never mentioned the sport of MMA until Conor McGregor showed up. Or, I, I which is which that. is or growth, for, which is growth for the sport, not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah. 
But the, the whole argument was weird to me because I don't. I think we were watching after the fight, and him and Joe sure. Rogan were kind of arguing. But he was giving the credentials to Joe Rogan, saying, "You know more than me, blah blah blah." But this is my opinion. And then after that, they have this big argument where they're going against each other. I mean, this is money for Stephen A. Even if like he doesn't care about it, he's going to sell it because, like I said, he has a three-hour radio show and a two-hour TV program that he has to do every day. Like this is the business Stephen A. is in. Joe Rogan doesn't give a fuck about this. So if Steve A. If Stephen A. has content that he can push, he's going to push that content. Without a doubt, Joe Rogan might not even mention this again. Yeah, he may not. It's. I also don't understand why they sent Stephen A. to do it and not Max Kellerman. Uh Stephen A. is their biggest personality though, and this is the uh, biggest. He fight is. Of the I'm year. just saying, like he's a big, big personality. He's on first take. And he's a boxing guy, so he at least n- understands combat sports to a much greater degree than Stephen A. Smith. But to the the gen the most general of general fan who tunes into UFC, and they, they this is the one time a year that they'll watch the UFC, and they see Stephen A. Smith there, a, guy, a face that they see or a voice that they hear every single day when they're watching ESPN, it legitimizes a little more when it's Stephen A. Because everybody knows Stephen A. Not everybody knows Max Kellerman. And even a lot of the people who do know Max Kellerman don't know that he comes from a combat sports background. I guess that's fair. I don't like Stephen A. I don't like his takes. I mean, that's just like, I don't either. It's, but that's just I don't the like his MMA in. takes. I enjoy him. I enjoy first take and I enjoy watching st- those clips. I like Stephen A. the character. His takes are just him filling airtime, him selling Stephen A. Smith. I don't even mm-hmm. know how many of his takes are actually his takes. He gave the best uh, soundbite in the history of sports, though. Does it stay off the weed? No. Lamar Odom, who was on crack? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen yeah. A. rules, but this is just what he does. So It is. And that's why he made that three-minute response to Joe Rogan, who probably, like you said, will never bring it up again. He'll, he'll mention it. Uh, um, quickly on his podcast, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, Jamie, did you see when Stephen A. Smith he made some like Twitter video or something about me? Stephen A. Smith is a goofball, something like that. That'll be the <laughs> end of it. Uh, but I think that covers it for news and topics. So, do we want to go ahead and get into our championship predictions for the year of our Lord, twenty twenty? Isn't that weird that the fucking calendar, like, the years are based off of when Jesus was supposedly born? It's weird that we still do that. Let's just reset. Let's start at zero again. Oh, like the... B.C. Or year? B.C. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... It's weird that we do it that way. Yeah, I agree. There's people... And also because, like, when he was born it was either on the end of the year yeah or in the summer like it's actually believed so why are we starting in the middle of a year if that's how it works it, it's a very confusing system and then there's people who think that it means that the earth is only 2020 years old yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah you see those tweets every uh new year uh, and it's tough happy 2020th birthday earth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> silly gooses. So how do we, do we want to start at the bottom and move our way up to heavyweight? Let's do it. I yeah. think that makes the most sense because heavyweight is going to be the most, the biggest question mark in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we'll start at women's 115 pounds, the women's strawweight division. Current champion is Wiley Zhang. She just won the belt from Jessica Andrade in her last fight. It seems like she'll be defend. Oh no, it's it's set. She's fu- defending against Yuani and Jacek in next month, right? February, March. Yeah, that sounds right. No, it's on the Tony card. April. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. God, it's on America. the Tony Khabib card. It's in April. Um, so yeah, that's her next fight. Uh, so who will be the champion at the end of 2020 in the women's strawweight division? Maybe I'm biased, but I think the champion will be Ioana Jacek. I think she wins her upcoming fight against Zhang, gets the belt back, uh, that she lost to Rose Namajunas, and Rose Namajunas lost to Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade lost to Wiley Zhang, and I think Ioana Jacek takes it back from Zhang. I do think we see Zhang back in the title picture. I wouldn't. I don't think she'll get an immediate rematch just because she'll be losing on her first title defense. But I do think we see her in another title fight in the future. But I am going to pick Ioana and Jacek to be the women's strawweight champion at the end of the year. I think she wins it from Zhang, defends it once, and is the champion. I have uh, Ioana as well. I think she'll be back. I don't really think there's anything else to say besides I think she'll be back. I also have Ioana and... Hmm. A recurring theme for me is that's hard to think about this is especially for people that already have a fight scheduled, trying to guess how many times they're going to fight and who they might fight next. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if Rose fights Joanna and Rose is back, I think she'll beat Joanna. I just don't think it'll happen this year if she fights her at all again. It see it, the winner of Rose versus Andrade is going to fight the winner of this. You would have to assume. So it's yeah. it's who you think wins those two three fights basically, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, and I think Joanna might beat Rose if they fight again, and I don't know if Rose is gonna get through Andrade. So to me, the most likely outcome is Joanna with the belt. I agree. That's why I have her. Women's flyweight Valentina Shevchenko is the current champion. She's about to defend, or no, she just defended against Liz Carmouche. No. Oh, she might, but she's also about to. Okay, and she's about to fight Caitlin Chukagian, correct? Yeah. Uh, Shevchenko keeps the belt. There's nobody in that division that's going to beat her. She's going to walk through Caitlin Chukagian. She might defend it another two times this year, but nobody's taking that belt from Shevchenko. Just FYI, Fox Sports does not have this division. That's tough. Why are you not on the UFC's website, friend? Who uses UFC website? I mean, that's a fair point. I do only for the rankings because it's the actual rankings. I don't think it was the first one to come up. It probably was, but I don't think so. Anyways. I'm surprised Fox Sports still has UFC's rankings on their website. Give me Shevchenko. Easy pick. Facts. Easy money. It it really is. Easy, easy easy I wish you could bet on these things. You said Shevchenko, Bryce? Yes. You should be able to. They need to get their life together. Um, women's 135 pounds. Women's bantamweight. Amanda Nunes, the current champion, she defended a relatively closer-than-expected fight against Jermaine Durandamy just last month. Uh, doesn't have a fight scheduled currently, but I don't know. If, I don't think it's going to matter anyways. I think you, Amanda Nunes keeps that belt no matter who she fights. It seems like fucking Holly Holm might get another shot at the belt, and that's a cakewalk, I think, for Nunes. So, yeah, I think she keeps that belt pretty easily. There's another very super... Easy fight, or not fight, expectation. It's obviously Amanda Nunes. Yep, Nunes. Me, Bryce. Um, women's 145 pounds, women's featherweight. Amanda Nunes is the current champion there. Uh, 
There, there's not even rankings for this division. Like they don't exist. Nobody is ranked at women's 145 pounds. Uh, you, Nunes said not that long ago she wants her next fight to be a defense of the featherweight belt. Seems kind of pointless to me because she's going to be defending against either a, another bantamweight at 145 pounds or she's going to be fighting Megan Anderson. I don't. It's just kind of pointless to me. And Nunes, if the if this belt still exists at the end of the year. It will be Amanda Nunes, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if this division is gone. Or soon retirement. Maybe that comes like at the end of the year-ish. Eh, I don't think she retires. You'll think no, so. she said that she like was... in that thing that we brought up last year, that she was drunk when she said that she was going to retire soon. She right. wants to fight for years. That would be boring. <laughs> she just keeps whooping <laughs> ass for years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the best fighters do ever. That's just how it goes. So you agreeing with me? Nunez yeah. or nothing? Nunez or nothing? Nunez or bust? I'm gonna go with the, the fact that it won't be around, but for sure, if it is, it'll be in her possession. Give me Amanda. Give me Nunez. Give me all of them. Hell yeah, the lioness. Yeah, all I'm saying is, is Valentina Shevchenko is lucky that Amanda Nunez probably can't make 125 pounds. Otherwise, she's coming for that belt too. Um, 125 pounds straw weight in the, or not straw weight, is it flyweight? No, flyweight. On the men's side of things. Uh, so Henry Cejudo just vacated the belt or has he, or is it one of those things where it officially vacates once this fight starts or whatever the fuck? It's probably once it starts because it still has him listed as a champion, but essentially he's vacated it. But right now, Joseph Benavidez and is it Henry Figueredo? What's his fucking name? Uh, Divison, Devison. Okay, Figueredo. Um, <laughs> him and Joseph Benavidez scheduled to fight for the 125-pound belt. Uh, I think Benavidez wins that fight. To me, it's always been, even since Mighty Mouse was in the division, it's the champion, then it's Joseph Benavidez, then it's everybody else at flyweight. I think Benavidez was always a step behind Mighty Mouse and then Cejudo and a step above everybody else. So I think he wins this uh fight for the vacant belt and holds it through the year. I got Formiga. Formiga? Wait, who's who's fighting for the belt? Figueredo and Benavides. Well, Ju- I mean, Juicy Formiga is not it's not impossible. He's ranked ahead of Figueredo. Figueredo, yeah, probably. Timing and stuff, I don't know. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. So you're saying so you think Benavides beats Figueredo and Juicy Formiga ends up with the belt? I assume number 2 and number 3 are fighting for the belt cuz that's typically how it fucking goes. It's bullshit. I got, yeah, I'm sticking with my uh, guns. Just if Ormiga is going to fight Brandon Moreno in March, which I assume is going to fight the winner of Benavides. I got Formiga. Sticking with my guns. It's not a bad pick. Sticking Even though you did bad. it on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Joseph Benavides. I think he's already the best flyweight on the planet. He literally beat Henry Cejudo the only time that the two fought. That's a fair point. And it's hard for me to say that the only guy that hasn't lost to... I don't think he's lost to anybody... On the current roster, and so why not? Yeah, Sergio and did he lose to Sergio? Yeah, he lost to Sergio. No, he beat Sergio. Did I he think. beat Sergio? No, I think he. See, this is the problem. This is a problem. And we're we were so we were there for that fight. I'm 99 percent sure Sergio won. We saw Sergio lose to Sergio. Joseph Benavidez's nickname is uh, Jiu Jitsu. 
It, not according to topology, he did lose to that. He lost to Dominic Cruz as well, but that was probably a 135, I would imagine. And is Dominic Cruz on the roster? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. His nickname, Joseph the Beefcake Benavidez. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph yeah, Benavidez, big Billy Joel fan. People forget. Is he? I don't like Joseph. That's not nice. Especially yeah, after that nickname. I just don't like him. The Beefcake? That's, that's <laughs> awful. I know. <laughs> that is so bad. But I'm going to go with him. I think that he's the bet. He hasn't lost to a flyweight on the roster, beating the current champion, and so I just think he's the best guy, and no one's gonna beat him. He beat Jussie Jussier Formiga in his last fight. Oh yeah, just How? wanted to pump put decision. A, Definitely. What was that decision? Yeah, probably. That was luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like decisions are not luck. 135 pounds, the Bantamweight division, current champion Henry Cejudo. Most recent defense was against Marlon Moraes. Uh Does not have a fight scheduled, I don't believe. No, no. but it's rumored that he's going to fight Jose Aldo in May in Rio. Huh. That throws a wrench in things. I forgot about the Jose Aldo angle. But uh, I'm going to pick Henry Cejudo. The biggest challenge to him, I think, at 135 is Aljamain Sterling. And I just cannot trust Aljamain Sterling yet. I don't know if he can pull out a win against Henry Cejudo. I think he has the tools to do so. I don't trust him to put it together and pull the win out. So him being the biggest threat is a big question mark in my opinion. And I think Henry Cejudo most likely beats Aljamain Sterling. And I don't see anybody else as a big threat. Although Jose Aldo does kind of make me question it a little bit. But Yeah, I have Cejudo. I don't see anybody in the division that will get a matchup relatively... I mean, this year, maybe, I guess you can say, because of the inactivity that Cejudo has, I don't see him fighting twice. And That's like fact. you said, Aljamain Sterling probably poses the poses the biggest threat in saying that I got Cejudo just because of the lack of activity that he's going to have and defenses he will have. So, I also have Cejudo. I think that Petter Yan has a bigger threat than Aljo. That's a good just one. Just because I think Petter Yan beats Aljo just stylistically. But well, I don't know if the style match up as well against Cejudo. But, I can't um, wait for Cejudo to lose, though. Yeah. That'd be great. I don't think he'll retire undefeated unless he retires very, very soon. Well, he's not undefeated. This is a yeah. dangerous division. He's not undefeated. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm saying it. Yeah, uh, for the rest of okay. lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I should have said. He's going to lose the belt at some point, I think. Um. I, I don't hate your Petter Yan take. I just need to see one more quality win from him. His last win yeah. was Uriah Faber. 100%. I get it. But Who extended like, his contract, by I, the way. He's at least been consistent in his performances, unlike Aljamain Sterling. Uriah Faber just extended his contract, by the way. He wants to fight TJ Dillashaw. Um, I would, that's the one fight I would care to see. And I hope yeah. TJ Dillashaw rips his fucking head off. I'd like to see Faber versus Cody, too, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait. Oh, wait. Never mind. Why would Cody and Faber fight? I don't know. I just want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Garbrandt's ranked ninth in Bantamweight. He's such a bum. Damn. Is he active? Is he hurt or something? I don't know. He, at the last fight I know that he had, he got knocked out by Pedro Munoz. Oh, yeah. I'm so over Cody Garbrandt, too. Man. Remember when fucking Garbrandt versus Almeida was the fight for the fucking future? Now they both stink? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Featherweight, 145 pounds. Alexander Volkanovsky just took the belt off of Max Holloway. Don't have a fight scheduled currently, but all signs probably point to a rematch between those two for the next fight for the belt. Um, 
I love Max Holloway. I would fucking go to war for Max Holloway. There's nobody I like more than Max Holloway. But the first fight wasn't as close as some people seem to think it was. And if a rematch were to happen, I don't see it going much differently. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe Max comes in with a better game plan and finds a way to beat Volkanovski. But based on that first fight, I don't see how I don't see the road to get there. So I don't see anybody else taking the belt off Volkanovski if Max can't. So I'm going to pick him to be the champion through this year. This is the hardest one to pick. It's not a bad take. I don't disagree. Um, my original thoughts was Max Holloway, but I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm going to try to have at least one bold one because. Doing the basics for all of them. That's just lame. I'm going to go with Korean Zombie. He's going to hold the belt by the end of 2020. I like that. I would really love that if that actually happened. I really would. And it's not crazy. It's not. It isn't. I think, I mean, he might legitimately get the next shot because, he, I mean, There's he def- might be, according to some, the most deserving guy. Plus, his name is the Korean Zombie. Zombie want to fight that guy. Zombie can knock anybody in that division out. If he catches Volkanovski, Volkanovski's in trouble. Yes, and another 100%. thing is, let's say Volkanovski beats Holloway or Holloway beats Volkanovski, there's a very good chance that they there will be another fight this year, just because they are. I believe they're both going to be they're they're both very active fighters compared to somebody like Henry Cejudo when you don't know when they'll ever fight again. Yeah, I agree. I can't talk. <laughs> All of us have different champions. I'm going to actually go with Brother Max Holloway. I like it, Brother Max Holloway. Brother Max. <laughs> <laughs> it um, is I think what it they, is. He is going to have a much better game plan. He's got a lot of tape to look over in this Volkanovski fight to see what Volkanovski was exploiting and maybe try to find some holes in his own game. Uh, I think he's going to come back better, and I think he's going to take back the crown and uh, all is going to be good in the world. Plus era, baby. Mini Max is going to be back in the spotlight. Three different picks and none of them outrageous. That's impressive. That's the featherweight division in the UFC in 2020. Uh, well, the lightweight At least division. The top of it. The lightweight division, 155 pounds. Current champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Last defense was against Conor McGregor in fucking October of 2018, correct? Did he defend? Oh, no. Poirier. He, he beat Poirier, Poirier this year. Um, Last year. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, he's defending against Tony Ferguson, allegedly, on April 18th. Um, just nobody's beating Khabib. Uh, this is the easiest one, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think anything changes 155 pounds. I think he gets through Tony and then defends against whoever's next. Maybe Conor McGregor, maybe somebody else. But nobody's beating Khabib. Khabib keeps the belt. The easiest one, I don't like that at all. But I'm going to go with Khabib as well. Uh I'm also going to go with Khabib. (laughs) I was wondering. (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to go there. I don't think I want to quite go there. I think that... While it's certainly possible that a Conor McGregor fight might happen and that Conor McGregor has a good chance of knocking him out, I don't want to go there and say that. Plus, I mean, even if Conor wins it, there's no saying he's going to be champion by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Welterweight's a pretty big question mark in my mind, too, that you got a handful of guys who could all realistically take the belt. Um, but based on his last performance, Cameron Usman looked very good and showed a different side of his game against Colby Covington. And if he can outstrike Colby Covington, who in his fight previously had set the record for most strikes landed in a, in a UFC fight, and he can out nobody's going to out wrestle Cameron Usman at 170 pounds. Uh, I just I have a hard time seeing anybody take the belt away from him right now. So I think it's I'm gonna have to roll with Usman, go wire to wire in 2020. 
as much as I want Masvidal and as much of a chance he has against Usman, it's not happening. Usman was too dominant in his two previous title fights. So in saying that, it's hard to pick against Usman. I got Us- Usman. Usman. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Usman too. I really like Jorge Masvidal, but I think that Usman is way too smart of a game planner to allow both him to get in his head and to get like highlight reel knocked out. I do think talking shit may, I mean, it may be worse for him. Look at Colby. Yeah. I do think Jorge has the best chance to take it from Usman better than Woodley and Covington would be the other two likely options. But I, I just don't see anybody losing to, or beating Usman right now. If Usman fights twice this year, I think his two fights would be against Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards because I don't think Tyron Woodley's going to beat Leon Edwards. I forget about Leon Edwards, but yeah. Um, 185 pounds, the middleweight division. Is Adesanya, the current champion, just defended against or just won it against Robert yes. Whitaker? Does mm-hmm. not have a. Fight he scheduled Joel Romero. Romero. God, God damn, my memory stinks. Um, I think he beats Joel Romero. I do think that's kind of a closer fight than some people are uh, acting like it is, but I think he gets through Joel Romero, and I don't think Costa takes the belt off of him right now. Uh, and I just don't see anybody else getting there who can just yet. So, again, I'm going with the champion. I think uh, Israel Asanya holds the belt through the year. I have Israel as well. Um, I just. I just think he's too well of a rounded fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well rounded of a fighter. Yeah, and his striking ability is just unmatched and unparalleled. So, give me Israel. I'm going to go with Israel for the reasons you guys have listed above. Hell yeah. Uh, 205 pounds, the light heavyweight division. I mean, come on. I said Khabib was the easiest one. This is the easiest one. Because nobody on the goddamn planet is taking the 205-pound belt away from John Jones right now. It's ludicrous to think it's even possible that Dominic Reyes or Anthony Smith or Tiago Santos with fucking robot knees is going to beat John Jones in 2020 and take a belt away from him. John Jones easily, I mean, he might defend it three times this year and still come out the other end as champion. Yeah, this is the easiest pick. This is what should have been the easiest pick in your opinion, but it isn't mine. I have John Jones. The only part that might be difficult about this is if John Jones stays at light heavyweight by He's the He's not end going of to year. heavyweight this year. I don't think I don't know if he will at all, yeah. honestly. I think that this is something that... He, I mean, he's been talking about it for years now. It seems like he it's, made, it's more other go, people talking about it than him, though. Yeah, that's he's also brought it up, though, yeah. in press. I mean, he has I mean, to he'll address answer it. the questions about it, yeah. and I, I just don't think he'll... I don't know if he'll ever do it. I think John Jones is unbeatable at 205, but he also almost lost to Tiago Santos, who had no knees. This is something that just popped into my head, but for as much shit as John Jones getting, as much trouble as he's put himself in... You have to give him credit because he's he's not scared to answer any question. John Jones doesn't shy away from anything, at all. Shout out to John Jones, Brennan's favorite fighter. Uh, yeah. um, the heavyweight division, two hundred sixty-five pounds. This, in my opinion, excuse me, I have the hiccups all of a sudden. Is the biggest question mark in the UFC. Stipe is the current champion, as we discussed earlier. Not, we don't know who his next fight is. Could be DC. Could be Francis Ngannou. Could be Curtis Blades. Could be Rumble Johnson. We don't really know what's next for Stipe. But, in my opinion, I don't think there's a chance Stipe holds the belt through this year. In my opinion, Francis Ngannou is the champion on December 31st, 2020. Uh, Whether Stipe fights 
Francis or DC next. I think Stipe loses both of those fights, in my opinion. And obviously, if Francis beats Stipe, he's the champion. And if it's a vacated belt situation where DC wins and retires, whoever Francis faces with a vacant belt, he's beating them too. I think Francis is the best heavyweight in the world right now. Obviously, there's a path to beat him. But he has, like, he's got one thing he's going to beat you with, and good luck stopping it. Stipe did it successfully. Kurt, or, uh, Derek Lewis didn't have to because Francis Gano didn't bother throwing any punches. But Yeah, he was broken. When Francis is Francis, he's unstoppable. So I'm, th- mm-hmm. I'm picking Francis to hold the belt at the end of this year. I'm picking Francis as well. Wow. That's tough. Um, mostly because I see him beating Stipe. I don't really see him beating DC. With that, if that's a good take or not, I don't know. But if DC has the belt by beating Stipe, obviously, I think he'll retire to where it'll lead to the vacant belt and DC will ob- or not DC Stipe will obviously lose to Nagano so that's my prediction Bryce has Junior Albini so moving on <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit surprised that both of you have Francis uh, I also have Francis that's my boy my African father you were um, leading down a path I was thinking DC or something but okay Um, I because originally I had said when I made this earlier, that it was going to be DC or it was going to be vacated. But the more that I thought about it, if DC wins it, he'll probably just retire on the spot. I feel like that's what he will do and just vacate it then to where by the end of the year, there'll be a fight to, to crown a new heavyweight champion. If he wins, I feel like that's the best way to go out is retiring in the cage. Take off the gloves. He says, yeah, 100%. You take it off there. Yeah, Even though I'd, it seems I'd like people the take off the gloves all the time now. For image. Win or lose, this has to be it for DC if that's next. But yeah. making like, a decision him, after a loss is... What'd you say? Making that, d- make, making that move after a loss is tougher. You know what I mean? But I mean, well, what's he going to do going there and lose coming again? off of a loss. But I'm saying I feel like just time to reconcile or whatever and then make the post the decision. I don't know. I just feel like it's better to do after a win. Not saying, like, don't retire if you lose, but don't do it immediately. Okay. Weird opinion. That's it. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. I think that does I think, it. though, cool. that Francis is, though, the baddest man on the planet. Anyone Agreed. that he has, good luck escaping the first round, let alone two. Can't wait till he wins the belt and then fights a, in a fucking boxing match. Yeah. Because that's definitely what's going to happen. He'll <laughs> <laughs> fight like Anthony Joshua. Uh, I think that's it for MMA discussion, I believe. I believe so. Okay. All right. Is there any <laughs> non MMA topics you'd like to discuss, friend? Do you want to do the plugs first? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> uh, if you like this podcast, it, it would be great if you could give us a like, share, subscribe, comment, review, whatever you could do on the platform that you're using to listen to this. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. It helps get the podcast out there and helps grow the show. Um,. If you also want to reach out to us, ask us anything, you can uh, give us a shout out on social media, facebook.com slash UntitledMMA, at UntitledMMA on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we are on a lot of different podcast platforms. Pooja was shaking his head no to me. No. Um, we are on most podcast platforms that you can uh, come up with. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, SoundClouds, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. I'm going way out of order, so it's messing me up. We're on most podcast platforms. 
So if you could give us a shout there, if you want to check out a different podcast, we'd appreciate uh, feedback from on all of them to help grow the platform on our various channels. So post-MMA discussion. It feels like something that's so out of our fucking depth to talk about, but as big of a happening as it is, it feels like we kind of have to say something about it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you're fucking, I don't think you're finding out what happened through us, but... Man, um, if you are, Yeah, you are if we're breaking the news to you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, NBA legend Kobe Bryant uh, dies in a helicopter crash with his 13-year-old daughter. Um, I'm not crying. I don't know why my voice as is As well crying. as like six other people. Yeah, and seven other people. But, um, and before we fucking get into that, the people who are like, there were other people on board. Yeah, we know. We don't, they didn't fucking play in the NBA. That's why we're not talking about them. Obviously, it's sad they died too. But uh, the people who have to make it about something else all the time, I don't know. It drives me crazy. There's soldiers who die every day. Yeah, we know. <laughs> they don't play in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I think I was talking to th- my dad about this today. Um, a big reason, like those people, also infuriate me because they want to make it act like we don't care that other yeah. people died. Obviously, it's fucking it, sad. It is it's sad, terrible. But Kobe Bryant touched millions of people's lives in ways like it, it, people that he has no idea who they are. But he's inspired a generation of basketball players. He's, I mean, he's a huge icon around the world so yes it does suck that everyone else died but kobe was i mean an icon i think it's appropriate for people to say to say that the other people needed to be recognized yes i agree with you but when it's when the headline is no i know what you're saying but i disagree to in a certain extent like what you said if like somebody brings up the point of soldiers die every day obviously that's sad yeah. but yeah i understand that argument but when if it's not brought up at all, I think that's kind of fucked up. But when the headline is NBA legend Kobe Bryant passes away in a helicopter crash. That's what it com- has to be. And, that's, yeah. It's more obvious that he crashed compared to random civilians because yeah. it's less kept in track of to say. Those could, people are less. Could you imagine if the headline was helicopter pilot dies in crash in Calabasas, also Kobe Bryant? Like, that's just not how it works. It's not. Yeah. I agree. Um, but then as far as at the actual... The Kobe Bryant part of it. Um, to me, and obviously it's fucking heartbreaking and it's tragic, and his 13-year-old daughter being on board and passing away as well, so unimaginably fucking terrible. But one of my takeaways from it is I never want to hear the phrase it's just a game when it comes to sports ever again because Kobe Bryant quote was quote-unquote just a basketball player. But the obvious impact that he had on so many fucking people and the way that the last day and a half we're recording this on Monday, it's been, that's been everything in the last 36 hours. Like that's all we've been talking about. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way to go about things, but it's so obvious to me that sports matter and the athletes playing them matter because this just a basketball player, this guy from Philadelphia, is somebody we've been talking about now for 36 hours because he passed away at a young age. And like I said, it's tragic. But, I mean, that's the takeaway to me is how much just just a guy can mean to people. And I, that's why sports are so important. If Kobe Bryant 
inspired one person and he's inspired so many more people to make a career out of basketball with what he did on the basketball court. Um, like that's world changing, even if it's just one person. Yeah. And I mean, it was quite, I mean, he inspired millions of people without a doubt. There's right? people, there's people in the NBA right now that <clears throat> wouldn't be in the NBA if they never saw Kobe Bryant play basketball. And of mm-hmm. all, if all those people make one little difference with the money they make in the NBA, and that all goes back to Kobe Bryant, not to mention whatever work he was doing with charity and to grow the game of basketball after his retirement. Like, that all matters. Yeah, I 100% agree. Sports do matter. And, I mean, this reception is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, the, the, and the only comparison in my lifetime will be back to 2001 when Dale Earnhardt passed away. And this being in the age of social media and it being basketball as opposed to NASCAR. Granted, NASCAR was at its peak at the time, and that was a very big happening too, but nothing has ever compared to this in my lifetime. Yeah. Your thoughts, Brendan? It's I, I'm not good at putting stuff into words, so it's it's just very saddening. Um, it, It's easy to talk about basketball legacy, but obviously his legacy is much greater than that. Like He's done so much for WNBA and the women's game, helping a struggling WNBA and women's basketball at least at a professional level compared to a college level that is struggling. He's definitely been a supporter and advocate of it, which is very, which is obviously great outside of his, his career basketball legacy. He does a lot of things outside through charity work and whatnot. Seen a video earlier, how last year he was helping people in a car accident. So he's just a great human being outside of basketball, plus being one of the greatest basketball players alive. So use, he used his platform well as all professional athletes should so it just makes it that much more tragic. It's not like some random player died that was just yeah. good. Like he had impact on lives, especially people in Los Angeles, obviously. So it's very, very I, big. I don't know if there's ever been a celebrity death that's affected me as much as this one has. And I'm not even that big of a fan of the NBA. And even in whatever NBA fandom I do have, I'm not a fan of the Lakers and I wasn't a fan of Kobe Bryant. But. I don't, no celebrity death has ever impacted me in the way this one has. Maybe it's because of you add in the factor of his 13-year-old daughter passing away too and the fact that he's only 41 years old. But when I And sports are an enormous part of my life, probably too big, but it is what it is. And when I started really understanding sports in general and the NBA and everything, when I started, when I got to the age of knowing what what was what, it was after Michael Jordan. LeBron wasn't LeBron yet. Kobe Bryant was the guy when I was growing up in the NBA, and like the thought doesn't even cross your mind that Kobe Bryant's not going to be here someday, let alone in 2020 when he's 41 years old. I don't. It's I don't. It's hard to get your mind. It's it feels so real, but also not real at all at the same time. It, it's. It's less tragic, obviously, when somebody's when it's more expected when they're in the seventies, eighties, nineties range of the of their age, mm-hmm. where it's more expected and they die by natural causes. But dying by a plane crash at in the middle of your life, that's just awful. So it just makes it that much worse. And scrolling through social media, it's awful. But when you when you actually like rather than seeing memes and pictures of whatever about Kobe Bryant when you actually listen to people talking about it that's what hits me harder like when I was on the listening to the radio on my car ride home like I just like looked in the skies like this doesn't even feel real this is, that feels like it's like a dream 
And in it a way, so f- it just doesn't feel real at all. It just feels so fake. I don't even way, know put it in words. In a way, in our lives, it isn't real. Like we don't know Kobe Bryant. I was never going to meet Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant never really had a, an actual effect on my life. But knowing that, and this is a word that, like, I think kind of gets overused. But you lost an icon, and at least a sports icon. And the fact that that happened in my lifetime, he's only fucking fifteen years older than me. And he's just gone. Like, I don't know. It's hard to even articulate what the, the feelings on it and everything. Just like I said, I wasn't even a fan of Kobe Bryant or anything, but it just affected me so much. It's I don't. It's weird. And another thing you get to put in put in perspective, like the other his three other daughters, I believe, yeah, plus his so wife, terrible. the struggles that they are going through right now. I don't pray, but condolences out to them. He's been he's been with his wife since he was fucking nineteen years old. They just had a baby in like seventeen, eight, I think, April or something. She was 17. <sighs> oh, she was 17. So terrible, mm-hmm. man. That's the part that yeah. would make me cry is thinking about the family part of it. Leaving behind three daughters who just lost their father and their sister. Ugh. It'd be really, really hard. I can't imagine what his wife's going through. It's so terrible. And we're not saying anything here that nobody else has said. I know that. But it's such a big happening that I, I feel like I felt like we had to touch on it, even if it's not. we're not giving groundbreaking takes. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like the MMA community is less into all the sports compared to us. I don't know. So they probably see it less. Even though they definitely 100% see it on social media, they don't see it to the extent we do. Because I follow literally every sport outlet there is from, like, just to get all the sports information. It's all I follow on Facebook, Twitter. So it's literally everywhere. I don't know how much you see it on your social media as a... All over. As a listener, but... It's literally if all you see. It isn't all over your timeline. All you follow is a very small amount of people and it's very I don't think not if, if you don't follow any sports at all, I think you this was still all over your timeline. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I there's think, people I mean, that don't it, give a shit about it, sports. People people who have never watched an NBA game in their lives there's a moment in their life that was in their life that was connected to Kobe Bryant in a way just because he was as big as he was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many of my people I went to school with that don't care about sports or whatever, and they're sharing it, and it's it's impacting everybody. Even and, and that's another thing that needs to be brought up for people that come at people for like giving their thoughts and prayers to people after they die, no matter how much they knew them. It's like. People get so mad when, like, showing fake love. Like, that gets on my nerves. Like, you can't show your thoughts and prayers for somebody that died. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, Kobe Bryant, almost no impact on my life at all. Like, not an NBA fan, a big NBA fan, not a Lakers fan. Don't know Kobe Bryant. But this last 30 hours or whatever it's been, it's, like I said, it's hard to put into words what it is, everything about it. But I, don't, I can't even, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. Literally can't even. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But like I see, it, like I told Brendan earlier, like every time you toss a fucking paper ball into the trash can from the for the rest of your life, you're gonna think about this. Like, even as small of a thing as that is, is connected to Kobe Bryant and this event changes your perspective on something even that small no matter how little connection you had to kobe bryant like 
He's a, a very, a, even a minuscule part of literally every single person's life in some way. Yeah. So. It's, it's, like I said, I've never seen anything like this. Not when Michael Jackson died, not when any other athlete, of course, has passed away. I mean, this is just different. It hits different, as the kids say. Yeah. The only big deaths I can think of recently is Prince and Michael Jackson, and it's incomparable. Yeah. Obviously, the growth see, of social I media. I saw like five tweets about Prince. I've seen a lot. I don't know why. Maybe because I, I don't know. I think if Michael Jackson were to happen today with social media being as big as it is now, maybe it would be a little different. Social media is social media makes everything so much more different. And something like this, obviously, like like Brennan said, if you get on if you're on any if you're on if you turn on your TV if you get on your phone this is all you're seeing is what happened yesterday, but mm-hmm. um, so the social media age it changes things so maybe if Michael Jackson passed away now it'd be different but I agree like this is the most widespread coverage I've ever seen of any celebrity's death. Yeah, for sure. It's just crazy that we're talking about Kobe Bryant's death. That's why I said like it's so real but not real at all at the same time. 100 percent there's like it's it's obviously affecting the world where nba's canceled the games the day of and they didn't obviously that was another fucking false report which is a whole other thing you go on yeah they played yesterday i know i I thought all the games that during or i thought i don't know Nah, they all played but like the grammys they they recognize everything during it was in the staples center yeah i mean they had the the jerseys on spot like everything that they possibly could have been done to show Kobe Bryant they did. Like, I see no uh, pictures of, like, big monuments all over the country. Yeah, like Empire State Building. And, and it's all purple and yellow. Garden, yeah. like, so, we're not saying anything new, so I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up. But uh, it felt like we had to talk about it. Yeah, it's had me bummed out since I found out. And I, unfortunately, was the one to break yeah. the news to Buju. I got a y'all. Kobe is dead text. <laughs> <laughs> it was at least like a colon in between the y'all. I think. I think it was an ellipses. I don't know, but it it was. I didn't. I figured that I wasn't breaking the news, but oh, wow, you were, buddy. <laughs> and this may sound weird, which is which is good and bad. Which I don't know how to say it, but this is the hardest hitting death I've ever had because I never had any close family member died, and. Yeah, I never had any like relative or friend die, so I never had like that type of experience. It sucks, it's kind of weird to say because I'm not a big Kobe Bryant guy. I'm making myself sound like I am, but it's like I just never had it. It's know? just like you don't realize how big of a staple he was in your life until it's gone. Like, yeah, you know, it, that thought never crossed your mind that you'd be living in a world without Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant's gonna live forever. You're never gonna yeah, have, or to... at least like I was thinking today, like. But, the thought he never wasn't like for decades at least, like until I'm an old dude. Yeah, Kobe Bryant has been famous since I can remember. He's Kobe been Bryant is literally my entire life. Kobe so. Bryant's always been around, and now he's just gone. That's crazy <laughs> to think about. And there's everybody. Is, there's so many players that played before him that's still alive. Like, yeah, basically Kareem's every, alive. Michael J- Ma- Magic Johnson's alive. Bill Russell. Bill every Russell. NBA great is still alive, except Kobe Bryant. Obviously, that's not necessarily true but people the nba is so young that the legends are still around except for 41 year old kobe bryant i don't know yeah let's wrap this up uh we're kind of going in circles so um it's weird it's weird to fucking close it on this note but i mean that's where we are so 
for Brendan, for Bryce, I'm Buju. This was the Untitled MMA Podcast, and it's a wrap.